Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 161, U.S. Sport Aviation Expo 2018, Day 1, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to a special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I attended the U.S. Sport Aviation Expo 2018 in Sebring, Florida, and this four-day event was amazing. Because this is where aviation begins, because we all start flying in small, light aircraft. You know, we had many hours of interviews. We're going to make this one episode, but since we had over four hours, over four days, we decided we're going to do something a little different this time. We're going to split them up and make a daily show, and I hope you are excited about this first of all and if you couldn't make it there this is great because it allows you to experience the sport aviation expo just like we did do me a favor also if you like what we've done here if you want to see this in future events and future expos and air shows etc i'd like to hear the feedback maybe in the future we're going to try this maybe in a future air show possibly sun and fun we'll put them out live every day a daily i think that would help you a lot uh before we get started uh first our sponsor aviation careers podcast career coaching scholarships for all ages and inspiring you to reach your aviation career goal through a free podcast, visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. Day one of the show. Boy, it was exciting. Uh, got, got to meet some really interesting people. I was so excited to visit with some of our former graduates at Polk State College. One of the places I got to meet them was at the Icon A5 aircraft. What an incredible, sleek aircraft. And Janessa Duffy, who's their chief pilot, is going to discuss the icon and how Janessa promotes women in aviation. The second interview is with Dash Sports One L39, and that's Scott Farnsworth, discussing digital currency through Dash.org and flying the L39. He also goes on to uh, discuss why you should follow your dream in aviation, no matter what it is. If it's becoming an aerobatic pilot, a sport pilot, or someday an airline pilot, he really has some great information for you. Next interview is with FlyTheBeach.com. Rose Bartlett and Ryan, Ryan, excuse me, Ryan Gurr of FlyTheBeach.com show you how you can fulfill your dreams of landing your plane on the water and taxing up to the beach of your dreams. The next interview is a Ford Trimotor with Todd Mather, pilot of the EAA Ford Trimotor. He presents a history of the aircraft and also discusses how you can fly the plane. What an amazing aircraft, incredibly sturdy after all these years. But listen to the interview. It's terrific. And our last interview is with Tactical Hearing, Darren Johns, and he discusses how to protect and enhance your hearing through some of the devices they have. 
Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for Sun and Fun Radio right here at the 2018 U.S. Sport Aviation Expo in Sebring, Florida. I'm standing next to this really cool aircraft with Janessa, and Janessa actually is a, a student, or was a student, or still is a student, I should say, at Polk State College, and also is the chief instructor for the East Coast for Icon, Icon Aircraft. If you haven't seen this aircraft, you got to check it out on the air, on the internet or come to one of these shows and fly it. It is sleek looking. It looks like a lot of fun. But to tell you a little bit about it, I've got Janessa to tell you what exactly the Icon is. It's a, It looks like it goes on the water. It does. So it's a light sport amphibious aircraft. Uh, wings fold up. You can uh, tow it behind your car and travel around or you just leave the wings out and seaplane, land plane. Uh, it's great for exploring the outdoors. I recently just came back from the Bahamas with it, went island hopping, uh, Miami a lot. I mean, it's just a ton, ton of fun to fly. So, okay, some of us dream about pulling up to an island in something like this <laughs> and jumping out and going to the beach for the day. Could you do that? Absolutely, yeah. We went to uh, multiple islands, multiple beaches um, in the Bahamas, Tampa, Clearwater, Miami. And uh, you just moor it up right on the beach. You just beach it um, and you just hang out for the day. It's awesome. <laughs> Terrific. Now, tell us a little bit about this aircraft. Is it a light sport? Is it, is it uh, a manufactured aircraft? What What is this aircraft? Where can you get this aircraft and where can they see it? So it is a, a light sport aircraft. Um, we're the aircraft manufacturer. We are main production facilities in California. We have uh, flight centers in Vacaville and uh, Tampa, Florida. Um, so we, you can you know buy them directly through us, through our um, Tampa facility or Vacaville facility. You can come out for training, discovery flights, seaplane training. Um, and then we also offer them as rentals. So even if you don't want to buy them, you can rent them, which is great. Wish this was a video podcast because it really looks cool. So other than, other than looking really cool, what's it like to fly? And, and how does this set itself apart from some of the other competitors in the industry? I mean, this is by far the funnest airplane I've ever flown. It's incredibly stable, um, really easy to fly on the water. I mean, the biggest thing that sets itself apart is that, you know, we train and we fly by our AOA gauge. So um, it's just incredibly in intuitive. And w once, once you're in it for about an hour, it just becomes so natural. And flying it through, you know, even windy conditions for a light sport aircraft. I mean, I've flown this thing and landed this thing, 20, gusting 20 knots with a 90 degree crosswind, and it'll do it. It's amazing. Wow. That's, that's tougher in some bigger airplanes to do that. So let's talk a little bit about safety on this because a lot of people are concerned about safety. What type of safety features do you have in this aircraft? So this aircraft is the first FAA-certified spin-resistant aircraft. I mean, the stalls in this are so benign, so light. It falls straight ahead. You don't have to worry about the, you know, the big dangerous brake left or right. I mean, it's just amazing. So someone who's new to flying seaplanes, okay, a lot of times they'll get their ratings in the aircraft that they're purchasing. What if I'm like that? What if I want to get my rating in this aircraft? What do I need to do? Well, uh, you contact us through either our Tampa or Vacaville facility, and you would go through our what we call TXL course, so land plane to seaplane transition. It's uh, six flights, five with a primary instructor, and then six... Your sixth flight is with an in-house uh, CFI, which is technically your check ride. You'll get a new license that'll say Light Sports um, Single Engine C, and then you're set up to uh, rent and buy. 
And if I'm looking at avionics, and I haven't, there's different packages, I'm sure. What can I get at the at the starting off level, and then all, all the way up to the the all the bells and whistles? <laughs> so right now we are only offering our fully loaded package, um, Icon, and it's it comes with a Garmin 796. And for this for this um, model and this uh, w what it's made for, I mean, it's perfect. It's touchscreen, direct, has XM radio, XM uh, weather, ADS-B out. I mean, uh, with um, or we have a Modus transponder for ADS-B out, but it connects it to everything, and I mean, it's perfect. Perfect. So I could actually fly this IFR if I was able to. No, no, it is not <laughs> IFR rated, uh, but you can, it's day VFR and day night, uh, day VFR night, so. I guess what I was trying to say is that, I mean, this has more equipment than, than most of the IFR aircraft I fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so as far as price points, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, what are, what are we looking at entry-wise? So the 2018 uh, fiscal year models are uh, sold for $389,000. How about uh, production? Uh, do you have a backlog right now? Um, yeah, we have about 1,800 deposits. A lot of them are international right now. We're not certified internationally, but you know it's coming up probably next year that we'll have that. Um, but we've already delivered a handful at the end of December, and we have about six coming off the line this month. And hopefully by the end of 2018, we'll have about 160 delivered. So you know, just on a side note, we're really proud of Janessa uh, here at Polk State. As you know, I coach the flight team and also teach over at Polk State. One of the things that uh, I know people are, are wondering is how in the world do you get involved in actually teaching in one of these? <laughs> I got really lucky. Um, actually, I did a um, interview with the Flying Magazine. They kind of did like a day in the life of the CFI. And um, at the time, which our now director was our chief pilot, he saw the video online and actually reached out to me and asked me to come in for an interview. Awesome. Now, how long have you been instructing? I've been instructing for almost three years. And you have some other ratings too, don't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a multi, uh, single agency, multi-engine land, CFI, seaplane. I got, I got most of everything. And you can turn a wrench too. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did work on um, work at a maintenance shop for a couple of years too. Yeah. That's awesome. And and I love watching you on the internet and all the things that you've been doing. You're a great spokesperson for Icon. I think it's terrific what you're doing here. One of the things that I've, I'm always concerned about is support though after I get an aircraft. So is there a group out there, user groups, or how about the manufacturer when I have issues with the aircraft or if I have questions? Yeah. Uh, so we do have a CNS and S, uh, CSNS uh, program, so customer, uh, customer service and support. And then we also have different, you know, icon groups all around the United States. So pilots of future aircraft owners, uh, they're coming together themselves and kind of creating these groups and these uh, flying clubs and communities. And that's kind of what, um, you know, the icon community is all about. We're always here for you no matter what. We're going to have service centers popping up all over the place. We're going to have um, icon authorized instructors all over the place. So whatever you need, we're going to have something there for you. People are listening to this on the internet right now, so we have to uh, paint a picture as to where they can find out about the icon. Where can they find this aircraft, videos, and other information? So you could go directly to our website, which is uh, iconaircraft.com. Uh, you could find us on YouTube. Again, just type in Icon Aircraft or Icon A5. We have you know videos all over the place, but your best bet is going to go to our website um, or Facebook, which is Icon Aircraft on Facebook as well. Well, you know, you're, you're a great representative of ICON and also for women in aviation. You, you truly are somebody that does promote uh, women to get into flying. And uh, one of the things I, I really commend you for is what you've done as far as, as really motivating people that, that think, oh, I can't do this because I'm a girl. Well, that's not true, is it? Not true at all. Anybody can do it, for sure. <laughs> awesome. So again, ICON Aircraft, you can find it online. They can find you at the show in Sebring. Any specials you're doing at Sebring? Um, no, not currently. We do, we do occasionally do, um, you know, training um, 
specials and then you can just check it out on our website and we kind of see like what months we're having certain specials but we will be here all week and uh, you know catch us at Oshkosh as well. Well, Janessa Duffy is the East Coast Chief Instructor here for ICON. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Is there anything else you need, we need to know about ICON before we go? Um, just don't miss out. It's a ton of fun to fly. <laughs> it is a ton of fun. And, and you are going to take me up, right? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> also, I can't wait for that. They actually, uh, you can find Janessa and also ICON at an airport in Tampa, Florida. My favorite, of course, Peter O'Night Airport. That's where I got my start in aviation and teaching. It's a wonderful place. It's got this beautiful view of downtown. It has a beautiful view of the water. It, it's actually a, a considered a seaplane base. And uh, you, if you land, you can actually have them open the gates and, and pull in there. I really highly recommend you on a vacation, whatever, to come by and see Janessa. That's for sure. Thanks so much. Thanks. This is Carl Valeri reporting here at uh, U.S. Sport Aviation Expo 2018 for Sun and Fun Radio and Stuck Mike Afghan. Well, folks, Carl Valer with Sun and Fun Radio reporting for Stuck Mike Avcast. We're here at uh, Sebring 2018 U.S. Sport Aviation Expo. Actually standing in front of a aircraft that, well, you know, it's not a light sport. We're at Dash.org's uh, aircraft right here, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Dash and then about the aircraft. And It's, it's sleek, it's fast, but uh, joining me today is uh, somebody who actually gets to fly this thing. And tell us a little bit about the aircraft and yourself. So the aircraft that I'm flying today starts out as a Czechoslovakian L-39. Uh, we do participate and we race at the Reno National Air Races, so uh, we exceed the normal standard L-39 parameters by about 150 miles per hour through uh, lighting up the uh, the airframe as well as utilization of carbon fiber wingtips and uh, other aerodynamic improvements. So I'm blessed with the ability to race this airplane at 500 miles an hour at 50 feet in a pack of uh, eight other airplanes. So this this isn't quite the sport aircraft, but but it sure is a lot of fun, and it's awesome to watch up there and racing and seeing this in the air. Just to give you a picture, Dash.org has actually placed some really cool uh, stickers and and paint jobs on here. It's really digital because you're into digital cash. Tell us a little bit about Dash.org and digital cash. Give us a little primer. Perfect. Yeah. So Dash.org is where you can go to get some information as well as DashForceNews.com. And what it is, is Dash is a digital cash. It's it's just like it sounds. It's uh, being able to exchange goods and services without having to have what we call fiat currency or local papers or coins or anything like that. It lives on your laptop, your computer. There's what's called private keys, so it can't be copied. The encryption has never been broken. Matter of fact, the more you learn about the encryption, you see as time goes on, it becomes more secure as time goes on and the more utilization it has. So Dash is a, most people have heard about Bitcoin and Bitcoin was a great thing that came out just like anything in the pilot community we talk about, that's the A model, right? As we say, don't fly the A model. Well, Dash is the later the later and greater technology. It's the, at least the B, if not the C and D model of, of the, its generation. So we start with the Bitcoin technology and through a different funding process and governance process, we actually have a, a foundation that steers this into the right place. We have formed a, uh, a Dash Digital Cash payment system. It's the fastest payment system on the planet supporting me to be the fastest 
fastest race pilot on the planet. That's how we take care of the marketing side. Obviously, it is an air show plane, it's a race plane, but something really specific here in Sebring is the merchants. And that's really why we're here. We're boots on the ground here to introduce our product to the different merchants, to the Garmin's, to the different aircraft manufacturers, because there's a lot of people that have invested in digital currency that have a lot of disposable money or, or money that they want to utilize. And Dash Digital Cash allows you to do that. Our payment process, instead of taking 3.5% for a Visa or MasterCard swipe, is less than a penny. And it'll stay less than a penny. There's a governance process already in place that if it tries to go above a penny, we'll adjust the algorithm so that it actually reduces it back below a penny. We're not here to try and make money. We're here to try and benefit the community, benefit society, and return money into the small business owner's hands. Ah, uh, the, the sweet sound of jet, jet fuel going through an engine. You know, one of the things that, that Dash does very quickly, and that's why we have a jet in front of us, is actually do those transactions on the web, but also privately, right? Using branch chain technology. Tell us a little bit about, about why that's important. Yeah, so blockchain technology is actually a revolutionary item that if you, it's arguably as important as the microprocessor and the uh, circuit board because of the way that it's it's developed, it came out, there's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate who came up with it, but the technology is there. And if you talk to most financial experts, they'll be the first one to tell you that Bitcoin's cool. But blockchain, which which is the technology that Bitcoin is developed on, that's really the aspect that will benefit society through smart contracts, uh, uh, you know, these currency processes, automatic transfers, and just like you said, now we can be completely open and transparent because that's what business wants. But you, as an individual, we provide you the right to exchange between you and I standing here the ability to do what we call private send, and we can send fund money just as if it was a US dollar or a euro changing hands person to person we allow that transaction to happen not only that but there's no other technology in the in this space right now that can even touch us the average transaction or block is about 2.5 minutes bitcoin is actually over 10 minutes sometimes even into the hours to send $20 of bitcoin right now costs $14 I know from uh, for a fact and from personal experience to send $200,000 of Dash costs less than a penny and it arrived on the other side of the planet in 1.3 seconds. So what does that mean for me, for the small business? You know, how, how does this affect me? So as you come into the Dash ecosystem, you now start accepting cash, credit card, and Dash. Now cash, of course, we don't want to stand in the way of that, okay? That's your right as a, that's you as a small business owner. Now the Visa and MasterCard, they've done a great job, but they also expect their, their VIG, right? They want their, their 3.5%. I always talk about, I was a small business owner. My, my normal transaction was about $10,000. You and I are standing less than two feet apart from each other. If you said, I want to pay for that, Scott, and I want to pay with this credit card, guess what? That $10,000 is going to come to me minus $350. Instead, what Dash allows me to do as a small business owner is actually accept the payment from you, pay less than a penny. So when you send the $10,000, I'm getting the full $10,000. That extra $350 per transaction allows me to go out and build my business to a higher extent, allows me to market, allows me to put more inventory, allows me to hire. You see how it becomes the entire ecosystem of Dash starts benefiting society. I really think that's what's exciting here. Yes, we're sponsored by them. We're excited to fly for them. But as you can tell, besides the flying portion, I believe in the mission statement of Dash.org. You're really democratizing monetary policy almost. It's, this is just awesome. 
that's I'm glad that you even said that because that's exactly what we're doing is we're putting we're putting the monetary system back into the small business owner the individual and the individual's right to utilize it as they see without being manipulated by a central a central organization before we talk about the airplane dash.org they can find out more for the for the small business person that wants to get involved can they talk to somebody if you got a questions of course they can so dash.org we can have we have systems that uh, if you go on there you can actually have contacts another one is dashforcenews.com and there's actually a large more uh, large portion of content creators in there that is if you send in a contact we'll answer your question there's uh, da- there's dash nation on discord most people are starting to become familiar with that join dash discord you'll talk to me one-on-one I'm on there all the time because not only is this my job but it's also my passion so I'm trying to be integral to the to the community and help promote as much as we can the utilization of dash well we can't leave you without talking about this awesome airplane out here that's for sure uh you're you're into racing with the the all-39 tell us a little bit about the plane first of all the the model you know how the the year and how fast it goes i know you said that the power behind it yeah so it starts out like i said in life as a czechoslovakian l39 we lighten it up we've taken off the fuel tanks we've put carbon fiber modifications for the aerodynamics we're exceeding the original parameters by 150 miles an hour but it's such a stout easy to maintain aircraft you know um, of course it starts as a checklist of hockey and we do get a little bit of heat at the US air shows regarding this but you got to remember it's kind of a spoils of war type of situation capitalism one Therefore, we were able to buy some some of these products that are great at a great price. Not only that, but the Czechoslovakian and the the old world uh, Eastern European technology, the they make it so that you can if you can maintain a farm tractor, you can almost maintain this jet. We have a great crew chief, but for the amount of time that I spend in the air, a, a U.S. product just was not feasible to operate because for every hour in the flight, I would have to use about 10 to 12 hours of maintenance. Right. We cross this country from coast to coast all year long trying to spread the word of Dash. And by that, we need to be able to get several hours of flight time for every hour of maintenance. So the Dash.org L39, are we going to see that in the air today? I believe we are scheduled through, I don't know about today, but I believe that we're scheduled throughout the week to do some flybys with the extra 330, our uh, counterpart here from the International Aerobatic uh, uh, association and we're going to do some flybys we've got some smoke we'll keep everything uh, nice for the crowd how about with uh, as far as flying this aircraft some people don't know uh, that there are there's racing with an l39 how in the world do you get involved in racing an l39 that's beautiful well guess what i started just like uh, apple computers i started in my garage i started with a vans rv8 um, as soon as um, as soon as I had a few bucks from my business, I went out and bought a kit and I built my plane in my garage. My purpose was to build that airplane not only for cross country. I'm actually an airline pilot as well, and so cross country wasn't really my parameters. I wanted to do aerobatics. I wanted to race my airplane. And uh, I developed a process called Aircraft Wraps. I own aircraftwraps.com. And we developed a process to cover a plane from nose to tail, all in vinyl, no paint. Why did I do that? I stole it. I'm not smart enough to actually come up with this idea myself. I was watching NASCAR. I'm a racer. So NASCAR starts explaining about how they they switched over to vinyl because it's half the weight. They can switch out sponsors and they can 
change overnight. That's great. And that's been really good for our different, uh, we have Mike Goulian, we have Rob Holland. These are customers of our past that we've utilized and they utilize it for that. But not only that, it increases the performance of the aircraft because it's half the weight. So if I can take 30 pounds of weight off the plane and we can put right now it's between 13 and 14 pounds of vinyl instead of paint and it looks just as good if not better so by by utilizing that in our garage i started racing racing became an rv8 to an extreme air xa42 which i was the 2016 european air race champion in an extreme air xa42 which is a plus or minus 10g airplane we're doing 10gs around the pylons we're doing half cuban turnarounds uh the success at that to be honest with you, brought in some sponsorship. And just like every smart business owner, I rolled those uh, sponsorship dollars back into reinvestment. We launched in 2016 into the jet racing class with an L29. And I realized that I did not like looking at all the L39s out in front of me. So through some uh, negotiations with sponsorship and so forth like that, we were able to, to take once again a reinvestment and we've, we've gone into the L39. So we came from last, one last out of 16 in the jet class. Last year we, sh- we finished fourth out of 16 in the, in the jet gold class, the fastest sport on the planet. And we're hoping for our first place finish in 2018 at the Reno National Air Races. We can't wait to see you there, and that's actually, if we get a chance, at dash.org, we can find out more about the aircraft and where you're performing, too. And also, the International Aeropatics Club, boy, they're awesome. They're, they're terrific people. Uh, a lot of people are thinking right now, guys, I don't know if I could, I could get into this, because they see you, they see you flying this jet, but you started not in this jet. You started, like you said, in your own garage. Well, not only that, I mean, we have to go back to the first premise, as I like to tell other people, is start your start with your passion and your fortune will follow. I've never started anything in my life, and I really mean that. I've never started anything in my life with how much money can I make at that. I've started out with going, I really want to do that. That's really what I want to do. And that started when I was 15 years old, and I rode my bike to the airport to start washing airplanes to try and get some radio time in the right seat. Radio time turned into some nice gentlemen that said, hey, kid why don't you go ahead and take the controls now so all the way from taking the controls in a cardinal after riding my bike to the airport and washing airplanes to being the captain on an airbus 321 and racing jets at 500 miles an hour at 50 feet all that came from chasing my passion now when you say people can't come with us at sun and fun and currently at this event right now we have a virtual reality experience we have a imax quality 360 camera that we placed in the back seat i do some cloud surfing and i also do some low level flying we also have content regarding the racing and some aerobatic from an air show routine so if you come out to any of our events you come out we'll strap you into one of our two ejection seats here place the goggles on top of you and you will actually get to come with us and go flying you can see what it is firsthand well, that's awesome. You know, it's always nice to hear someone who's followed their passion in life. You know, we talk, I'm also host of Aviation Careers Podcast, and we talk to people all the time about following their passion. It all starts at an airport, like you, the kid riding to the airport, wanting to get some time on the radio. And then all of a sudden you're here, you're flying this jet, you're flying an airliner. And uh, if someone's, you know, thinking about this right now, wanting to get into flying as a hobby or flying as a career, it all starts with getting in a small airplane, doesn't it? it? It sure does. It starts, like I said, you have to start, you have to walk before you run. And the first thing that you do is go out and you start hanging out at the airport or you go to the EAA, the Experimental Aircraft Association, or you join AOPA and you start getting involved in the community. And I've one thing that I've realized in this community that's really helped me out is when you ask for help and you show that you're willing to help yourself at the same time, there's an endless amount of support from the aviation community. 
there's so many people like myself that are just so blessed to be where we're at that I jump at the chance to try and assist and help anybody coming up through the ranks. You know, before we close out, one thing you mentioned I'd like to circle back to. You said you do wraps for aircraft. Uh, is that also for, like, a certified aircraft if someone wants to put a wrap on theirs? Yes, it is. Uh, we've done everything from, like I say, a Sonoray, you know, all the way up to Global Express uh, for hedge funds. Depending on the the, uh, the needed performance profile as well as altitude, this is my job. This is what I do. We make sure that we do it right. We do. We are aircraft wraps. We're not boat wraps, car wraps, or anything like that. We don't do anything else other than aircraft wraps. So if there's a flight department out there that needs to actually have their their uh, company logo placed on the side of their their Gulfstream, Challenger jet, anything of that sort, you come to aircraft wraps. We know how to integrate with the with the engineering department and the FAA to make it right. How about for small planes? Oh yeah, that's what we started. That's our that's our bread and butter. To be honest with you, I'd just like to give a shout out to the Vans RV community. I would never be where I am right now without the support of the Vans RV community and uh, the the support that they showed aircraft wraps. So, uh, what an incredible community. Vans is amazing. And you can't go to an airport without running into somebody in that community. But we're going to have to talk some point. Maybe you can help us with our flight team, put a wrap on our aircraft at the, at the college. Well, guys, you know, this has been terrific. Tell us where they can find out about you on the internet and where they can speak to you online. Sounds good. Uh, in Facebook, it's Dash Aerosports. On Instagram, it's Dash Aerosports as well. But like I said, if you go to dashforcenews.com or dash.org, you'll be able to uh, get some information on our product. And we're, we're happy to see you guys at the events. And we look forward to introducing you not only to the flight team, what we do, the jets, but we'd like to also introduce you to the ability of Dash. That, that's a, a sweet sound of the, the Ford tri-motor going by right now. Wow, that is terrific. Just We're sitting here in front of a jet with a Ford tri-motor in the background, jumping generations of aircraft, aren't we? That's, that's just a piece <laughs> of history flying away from the ground right now. It's beautiful. Well, right here at the Sport Aviation Expo in 2018 at Sebring, you can run into a lot of different aircraft, an old aircraft and also something new, people flying them, passionate people like yourself. Scott Farnsworth from Dash.org. It's been terrific speaking with you. You've been somebody who's passionate, you're inspirational, and we can't wait to watch you fly this thing. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure, and thank you for the privilege of being here and being able to show people what we do and what we believe in. Well, this is Carl Valeri reporting here for Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio, Sebring 2018. It's a chilly morning, but it's going to warm up, so come by and check it out this week. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with Sun and Fun Radio reporting here at the U.S. Sport Aviation Expo in Sebring 2018. And we're talking to Tom Beginney here, and uh, he has this really cool aircraft. It's a light sport. It's a, a CTLS. And, uh, boy, I tell you, what a, what a neat aircraft you have here. And uh, before we get started talking about it, how's this show been so far? Cold, hasn't it? Uh, so far, so good, Carl. A um, little chilly this morning. I was kind of shocked when I got out of the, uh, opened the hotel door, honestly, but I was standing there, you know, in a t-shirt and shorts, so it's, you know, my fault, my bad. Well, everybody comes to Florida thinking, oh, it's it's warm out, and this is the show, I call it the chili show, because it's cold, not because they serve chili, and I tell you what, I always have to start with a sweatshirt this time, this year I'm toughing it out, the sun's out, it's a beautiful day, it's a wonderful day to be out flying, and I know she has some really cool looking aircraft. Tell us a little bit about what you manufacture and what you have out here today. I, I, just to finish that thought, I, I'm from New England, and it gets mighty cold up there, Um <laughs> But I don't think I've ever been so cold as during a cold Sebring show when it was one of the times when it was, uh, you know, 
49 degrees and blowing 30 miles an hour. But this week looks really great. So if people are listening in, they, they really should come because uh, it looks like it's going to be a great week. Awesome. Now, so uh, people are actually going to be listening to this on the Internet at, uh, during and after the show. Yeah. Uh, so while we're walking through some of this, if they can look at a website while we're talking about it, where can they go? To uh, www.flightdesignusa.com. Flight Design USA and uh, you folks design and build some really cool looking aircraft uh, and very comfortable and have some amazing visibility. Never got to go up in it, but got, got to sit in it. I'm kind of a, a chunkier person, I guess you could say, and I fit, I fit in it fairly well. Well, you're a, a big gentleman, um, and it's designed, uh, really, it's 49 inches across, which, you know, to put it in perspective, is very close to a, a Cirrus, and it's bigger than uh, a 182 and a 172, and, you know, uh, and what's also interesting is that there's a tunnel, a structural member that runs right down the center of the, uh, the cockpit, mm -hmm. and that, as well as being a, a very good... Uh, impact resistant structure it uh, it keeps the people's shoulders from each other so you're not rubbing shoulders like you do in other aircraft right and uh, as far as the visibility yes uh, the it's the nearest thing would be a helicopter and and a lot of people say that but you you would be very surprised the plane flies at a lower angle of attack in flight than it appears on the ground so the visibility is even better than your impression sitting in it on the ground. The windows are cut way low, so looking out, there's no struts. Uh, the wing root is above your head, so you're not looking at the wing root when you look out. And the uh, visibility is, as you said, impressive. So even though we're at uh, you know Sport Aviation Expo, there's a lot of different aircraft here. This is a let's talk a little bit about the aircraft. It does operate in the light sport, correct? Yes, yeah. it's a special light sport aircraft, an SLSA. And so if I'm looking to actually get into flying right now, and I'm yeah. thinking about getting started, I can get my sport pilot certificate in this aircraft. And one of the benefits, it's it's a little less expensive. There, there's not as many hours you need. But also the cool thing about light sport, and I'll, I'll let you comment on this also, is the fact that you're getting a new airplane for a lot less if you got a, a new and manufactured aircraft from, say, a Cessna, a Piper, etc. Yes. Um, the thing that's nice about a new airplane is that it's new, so you're not chasing maintenance all the time. And uh, it, our aircraft come equipped with uh, brand new, complete Dynon Skyview panels. Uh, they're also an all-carbon fiber airframe, which has a, a safety cell, we call it, for impact resistance, like a modern automobile. It was well thought out. And, uh, and it comes with a BRS parachute as standard, which is, you know, a very nice feature. And uh, every airplane that we've sold in the United States, except for a couple in the beginning, became equipped with uh, the BRS parachute. And it's something that I had something to do with and something that I really care a lot about. If we could talk a little bit about the BRS, um, you know, I, I get a different feeling from different people. I know highly experienced flight instructors that fly an airplane all the time say to me, I'll never use a BRS. Well, you know, you'll never use it until you need it, you know, that type of thing. It's in the aircraft. It's something that, that I think is a great safety feature, especially if you're bringing your family. And there are times there's not, you can't get out of everything, you know, and that's, that's my philosophy. If you, if you lose an engine over the water, it, this is a, a big help. Well, yeah, over the water or, uh, 
if you had a low time or inexperienced pilot that flew into uh, IMC, you know, instrument meteorological, com- you know, conditions, that's a that's a big uh, reason that people have uh, crashes in in aircraft or a midair. Midairs are very rare. There's about 14 annually in the United States. But if you're one of the people, it's 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 a it's a big thing. But uh, also ditching over the water, uh, or if you're over really inhospitable. Uh, land when uh, when you had engine trouble. Uh, interestingly, we have 405 aircraft flying in the United States. All of them, almost except for a couple earlier ones, uh, have the chutes, and we've had zero deployments. Wow. That doesn't mean that it's not worth having them in every one. If you had one deployment and it saves a couple people's lives, it's worth everyone being equipped. Now, that's my opinion, yeah. and uh, I believe that our customers, since we're, we're in second place right now to Cub Crafters as far as the maximum amount of SLSAs delivered, but we're not, not very far behind and way ahead of everybody else. So obviously it's been a, a popular choice for our customers as well. Why do you think that you're ranked so high in SLSA? I mean, is it uh, who are your customers uh, primarily and, and what do they say about your aircraft? What do they like the most? Well, there's several reasons that we sold more than anyone in the beginning. It takes anyone who owns a, a business will tell you, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, and and it's true that now in business you have to do everything all the time. Uh, but the aircraft isn't, 14, 15 years later, it still is a very innovative design. Um it's been right up against the uh, performance envelope of SLSAs. It has a very long range because it has a Rotax 912 and 912S engine that burns five gallons an hour and it carries 34 gallons of fuel, so you can really go places in it. It has a lot of room in the cabin, and we've always, we've always uh, kept pace with new avionics. We've always kind of pushed the envelope. We were the first ones to use uh, dual Dynon screens back when they were the the D100 and D120s, and then when we then we put the 496 in the center very early. So and we had autopilots in the beginning, and you know we, we just kept moving. One thing that's always been interesting, and like you said, you, you've been in the forefront of having a class cockpit in, in the SLSA category, in the LSA category. One thing that, that I always like to say, it's it's the best IFR panel in an airplane that you can't fly IFR in. And uh, one of the things that, that is interesting, what you said about getting into instruments, boy, I tell you, I, I fly IFR often in planes that are bigger, more sophisticated, quote unquote, than these, but their panel, the panel you have in the Dynan is much nicer. It's kind of a conundrum with the regulations, honestly. Um, and I think maybe a few years ago, I, it would have been very progressive of the FAA to allow SLSA aircraft, since we have met their safety uh, expectations for the fleet as a whole, meaning the ASTM process and the, the manufacturer-managed uh, certification programs, if you will, um, it would have been very progressive of them to start allowing it. Um, also, if you needed to be able to bail yourself uh, out of some trouble, you do have the equipment to do that. And, and I think having autopilots and uh, angle of attack indication and, and uh, the, the gentle nature of the airplane is one of the reasons we have a, a, a pretty, pretty good uh, safety record as well. 
One thing I'd like to circle back to is the LSA. I remember when we first started here in Sebring years ago, and boy, I tell you, the, these aircraft, people were like, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to take off the, the light sport? Well, gosh, you know, it sure has. And and I remember friends of mine saying, gosh, you know what, why are people going to spend so much money on something like that when they can get another aircraft that's manufactured and, and they can, it's certified, a regularly certified aircraft. Well, you're getting everything new in these, and, and it really has taken off. Why do you think that the light sport has been so successful? Well, there's there's several reasons. One is the uh, simplicity of the sport pilot uh, rating, and then also uh, the fact that, that being a private pilot um, and exercising sport pilot privileges, uh, there is nothing simpler. And uh, so I'm going to say that again. Basic Med is great, and, and I'm really glad that, it, that they did it, and uh, the more people that continue to fly, better for everybody, and I'm really happy for them too. But still, there is nothing as simple as uh, a being a private pilot exercising sport pilot privileges. You know, one of the things that I think, I mean, we're talking about light sport quite a bit, and the reason being is that the uh, that we have... Uh, you've been in this business for a long time. That's why I want to kind of talk about that. Uh, and you are one of the people that I think that is at the forefront of light sport and been successful with it. Uh, but let's talk about your aircraft. I know you, you've done well. The uh, aircraft price points, uh, what can someone as a customer expect, uh, and what are the different options? Well, on a, on a brand new CTLS, you can get a the carbureted version of the aircraft with uh, a simpler panel for about $155,000 coming in. Brand new airplane. And uh, the, the most you can spend on one is about $185,000. That's with every option in the book. The, the airplanes that we're bringing in primarily right now, uh, uh, ordering them ahead and having them shipped and having them at dealers, uh, those are the CTLSI. For this year, it's called the CTLSI GT. And, uh, and, and the package that we, we equip them with is the 2020 edition, meaning has ADSB in, ADSB out, and uh, full uh, dual dy- uh, Dynon uh, HDX Skyview screens. And in fact, we have three screens now. We've, we've taken the 796 out of the center, and the, uh, the, we have a 7-inch Dynon in the center that we're operating as a multifunction display, and that uh, drives, you can move the engine uh, management system over there, and then you can also split that and have the autopilot uh, situation and configuration shown right there to, to work the autopilot. And this year as well, we've uh, switched to all Dynon uh, radio and uh, intercom. So if someone wants to find out more about this, they can, of course, go to flightdesignusa.com. That's flightdesignusa.com. They can come here to Sebring if you're listening to this, or uh, in the future, definitely come to a Sebring show. But you're going to be at other shows around the country after this. Where are you going to be after the Sebring show, and how long will you be here during this? Well, we'll be here uh, all week till the 27th, and... uh on Saturday, and uh, our next show, I'm going to come and see you at Sun and Fun. We'll we'll be there this year. We're in the uh, light plane area, and uh, we're also going to have a new product. the The people that own our company is uh, Lift from uh, from Eisenach, Germany, 
they are the owners of flight design and the rights to the aircraft now. And they also own a uh, very innovative gyrocopter called the Rotorvox, mm -hmm. the CA2, uh, C2A, excuse me. And uh, so we'll have a double booth in the light plane area, and uh, we, we welcome people to come see us. Awesome. How about uh, if I'm interested in purchasing one, uh, let's talk a little bit about insurance and also financing if I don't have the cash to actually purchase one. Uh, is there any difference in uh, standard manufactured aircraft? Can I get financing? Well, you can't get financing through most of the typical uh, finance vendors because they've worked with us. First of all, we have you know 400 airplanes in the country, and so there's an established value on them and a resale value. And we work with uh, Falcon Aviation a lot, handles a lot, but, but many of the uh, insurance underwriters will write for our airplane because we have service centers all around the United States and we offer composite repairs and we have spare parts. And so that's what insurers really care about. Plus, we have an enviable safety record. And, uh, and then there will be a limited amount of factory financing on airplanes. So if people are interested in that, they can, they can contact us. Great looking airplane, Tom, beginning with the uh, US, there's, uh, excuse me, flightdesignusa.com. I almost said it backwards. Uh, what a great aircraft. It's uh, comfortable. It's great for guys a little bit wider like myself. And like you said, I, I haven't seen it in flight, but just sitting in it, it's got some incredible visibility. And that's all what it's all about. And I can't wait to get up and fly it. If uh, at, at Sebring and also at Son of Fun, will they be able to get up in the aircraft? Yes, we're doing demos both at Sebring and we will definitely be doing them at uh, at Sun and Fun and you are welcome to come and fix that problem of never flying in a in a flight design so come on by awesome will do is there anything else about the aircraft you want to tell us about that we may have missed or uh, anything that uh, you can point uh, customers towards well our biggest thing is that there's been confusion about who the owner of flight design is now and uh, so we're very happy to be working with the Lindig Lift people from Eisenach, Germany, and they, we have the same factory uh, making the composite parts in Ukraine. I'm a, I'm a Ukrainian patriot and supporter, and, uh, uh, you know, we Flight Design USA has uh, continued, and we've been in business as a corporation for 24 years, and we've been with Flight Design for uh, 15 years this year. So uh, we're here to help our uh, customers, and we're going to be here. Awesome. Tom Beginney, you can find them at uh, flightdesignusa.com. We really appreciate what you're doing here. Uh, keep up the great work on the aircraft and, and promoting light sport. I think you've done a wonderful job. Thank you very much. Carl Valeri reporting for Sun and Fun Radio right here at Sebring 2018. Uh, look us up at Stuck Mike Avcast if you want to listen to this. It's coming out on February 1st, and also we'll continue to have it live streaming, liveatc.net slash SNF. Well, folks, this is Carl Valer for Sun and Fun Radio reporting for the Stuck Mike Avcast at 2018 U.S. Sport Aviation Expo right here in Sebring, Florida. And I'm next to, well, one of my new favorite aircraft. It's a Sea Ray. And these folks, these kind folks here, they're going to talk to me about that Sea Ray, but they're with FlyTheBeach.com. FlyTheBeach.com in a Sea Ray. And this looks awesome. So with me is Ryan and Rose, and they're with FlyTheBeach.com. And Ryan, what is it? What is Fly the Beach, by the way? Uh, flythebeach.com. We've been in the light sports sea for over five years, specializing in all things light sports sea. Everything from uh, sea endorsement in the weekend just over five hours up in uh, beautiful Destin, Florida, Panhandle of Florida, for those that don't know. And uh, we do tailwheel endorsements, original issue sport pilot, 
I uh, am a light sport inspector. I do uh, repairs and Rotax certified. Uh, One-stop shop in the Gulf Coast. <laughs> One-stop shop, that's for sure. Uh, as far as Destin's concerned, why do people want to go there to get their light sport? Oh, we're a resort town. The uh, wife stays at the waterfront resort or restaurant, and we fly in and entertain, eat lunch, and fly the husband or wife. Actually, we have quite a few female pilots. She's a sport CFI, Rose right here herself. And this is Rose. We're talking to Rose, who's a, the CFI, a sport pilot CFI, and does the, the seaplane ratings for folks. And let, as, let me ask you, I guess, about the airplane. This is a cool-looking plane. I haven't actually flown it. I got actually sat in it for the first time a week ago. What is it like to fly? Ah, it doesn't get better than a Sea Ray. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's really easy to fly. It's really, it handles really well, you know. Um, you have really good visibility. You have lots of AC, which is nice in an airplane, especially when it's warm in Florida. Kind of deal. So one of the questions I have about getting the rating in the Sea Ray, say if I don't have my seaplane yet and I'm looking at getting it done, uh, I've thought about the Cub, and then the people say, oh, you can do it in the Sea Ray. I said, I didn't know you could do it in the Sea Ray. So I was like, okay, let me check it out. They, and this is something I hear. You guys will have to answer this for me. If you do it in the Sea Ray, you don't want to do it in something that's up on floats. You want to get out and get some instruction. Is that is that correct on something on floats if you do it in the Sea Ray? Well, it's all airplane, single engine, sea, but this is a flying boat. Um, my former decade, I was a boat captain, so I picked this hull because I thought it was the most seaworthy. And, yeah, you might want to get familiar with floats. That was our first plane was the M-square on floats, full Lotus floats. And then we transitioned to this, and in about two years, we put a thousand hours on this plane. Both of us are sport CFIs, and and seaplane pilots have more fun. That's for sure. The uh, the Sea Ray, though, I think is unique in that you're very close to the water. You can reach out and touch it, and uh, and you really do feel like you're part of it. And I've been watching people taxiing and bringing their airplanes up to the dock in Tavares in Florida. Went there for the first time. Wow, that is so cool. What can you do with this? In other words, if I have dreamed of someday, and I haven't done this yet, I'm going to do it, fly to an island with this, get out and have a picnic lunch. Can, can I do that? Absolutely. The, uh, I call it to uh, my $100,000 wave runner with wings, basically. And you can do a 360-step taxi in a circle and take back off right over the island that you had lunch on. and It's a, a different way of traveling. So one of the things that I think a lot of people have questions about is, you know, this, this is a boat, but it's a little more limiting than, say, the boat that I own, and uh, it actually can't go in all sorts of ways. What's our limits as far as, as flying and the different uh, wave heights, et cetera? Yeah, we have about a one-foot chop limitation. Um, it can handle it uh, a little bit more, but then it starts getting a little bumpy, getting rocked around a little bit. Um, so calm weather is always good. It has a 20-knot headwind component, so even when it's really windy, you know, you can always land on the leeward side of the shore and where it's a little bit calmer. So that's always your option. You don't have to land on one runway with one uh, direction of wind. You can pick which way you land, which is always nice. And also, you can land on the land, too. That's the other cool thing. You, you have so many options as to where to go. Uh, as, as far as the, going between the land and the sea, you have any amphibious, uh, what kind of challenges are there for somebody new like myself that wants to get into an amphibious aircraft? Well, the most important thing is your gear position. You always got to know where your gear is at. Wheels up for a water landing, wheels down for a runway landing. So that's the most important thing. Um, you never want to have it in the wrong spot. So what can I do to prepare to get my, my seaplane rating if I come to you folks at flythebeach.com to actually get ready for this? 
Well, there's lots of videos online. There's a, a seaplane flying handbook, which will give you an intro. Um, but like we said, flying floats is a little bit different than flying a flying boat. Um, different techniques that you use. Um, so if you look up specifically in the, uh, the flying handbook and the, uh, the POH and everything, it tells you how to do it. That would be the best way to start for a specific aircraft. So you also said something about tailwheel. Now, who, who does a tailwheel rating, Sarah? So you both do. Okay, so, so what type of aircraft do you have uh, if I never actually got signed off with my, my tailwheel? Yeah, we, we do, do uh, tailwheel in the Sea Ray, of course. You can do it all here. <laughs> and, and that's interesting because I'm sitting here looking at this tailwheel, and I can actually get my tailwheel into it, my seaplane, and uh, I'm off and running. The aircraft itself uh, and comparing it to other seaplanes, sea uh, why the Sea Ray? Um, the hull is a little bit, has a deeper V, so it can handle a little bit more of the wave height. It's a little more stable than some of the other ones. Um, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. Uh, there's lots of room in it. Your useful load is pretty high compared to some of the other ones. So Ryan, anything you want to add to that? Uh, I like the uh, sliding canopies. You have uh, what I like to call the, the AC option, whether it's forward or aft. And, <laughs> Don't end up with a lap full of water. You can close the canopies. That's rather nice. So if I want to go fishing, do I have do I have room to put my gear in the back of that? Ah, whatever's clever. <laughs> whatever's clever. I love it. So flythebeach.com. You do the tailwheel. You do the seaplane ratings. Anything else you want us to know about uh, flythebeach.com or what you're doing here? Any specials? Uh, down here at the show, we were doing uh, $1,800 sea endorsements, basically in a weekend, a little over five hours, up in uh, beautiful Destin, Florida. Flythebeach.com. Check us out. Awesome. you got to go check out Destin, Florida. It is a beautiful spot. Rose, Ryan, I really appreciate you folks talking to us. Anything else you want us to know about flythebeach.com? And uh, you are actually going to be here through Saturday at Sebring, so that will be terrific. Are you going to be at any other shows that we need to know about? Uh, keep in touch. Keep in touch. Watch the website, flythebeach.com. Carl Valeri right here at uh, Sebring at the U.S. Sport Aviation Expo 2018. Talking to Ryan and Rose. Flythebeach.com. Check it out. Looks like a lot of fun. So much fun. I, th I think I'm going to try it out. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri with Sun and Fun Radio reporting for a Stuck Mike Avcast at Sebring 2018 uh, U.S. Sport Aviation Expo, and I am next to something that isn't quite a light sport. It, it's pretty cool. There's a little bit of corrugated tin, looks like, on it, and it's a Ford trimotor. I'm lucky to get to talk to Todd Mather, who's the pilot of this trimotor. Todd, welcome to the podcast, and boy, this looks like a cool airplane to fly. Oh, that's an understatement, and uh, thanks for, for having us down here and all the wonderful hospitality. It's uh, wonderful to be able to do what we do with the airplane. So this is the closest I've ever gotten to a tri-motor, and uh, I did not realize how big it was. It, 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 it's a beast, and uh, it looks like it could be a lot of fun and maybe a challenge to fly. It is. Uh, you know, in 1928, when this airplane was built, they didn't have power steering. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we build up our muscles on a gusty day. It's interesting, too. I'm looking at it. I can see, like, flight controls that are actually wires sticking outside the wings, and I'm sure passengers might have gotten a little bit nervous about that, but... Maybe not at the time. At the time, this is something ahead of its time, isn't it? Yeah, they didn't know any better. That's what this is all there was, so they didn't have anything to, to uh, compare it to. 
speaking of which, tell us a little bit about the tri-motor, why it's called a tri-motor, because we don't have a picture here in front of us, but uh, and a little history about this aircraft. Okay, the, the tri-motor, you know, it was the first commercial metal airliner, and they, they built it because they had some issues with some of the tube and fabric wood airplanes that uh, they didn't survive being outside in the elements. So uh, to bolster uh, passenger confidence, they built the airplanes all, all aluminum and uh, with the three engines for reliability. So that if, if one engine failed, it would still continue to fly on two. Well, I tell you what, we'd, I'd love to go take a peek inside, uh, but tell me a, a little bit about the engines that you have on here. How much power do we produce, and how many people can we carry inside this aircraft? Uh, this has uh, Pratt & Whitney R985s. They're 450 horsepower, and uh, we, we carry 10 passengers in the back and a lucky uh, co-pilot up front with me, and I'm also lucky myself. I'll pinch my arm that I can take, uh, take you all for a ride. Uh, you have one of the best jobs in the world, getting, <laughs> getting to fly this thing here. What are you doing here today at Sebring? I know there's a, a chapter of EAA that's sponsoring you folks today. Yes, and uh, we travel around the country. The EAA has uh, two Ford Tri-Motors, and there's uh, about 15 of us. We're all volunteer pilots, travel around the country, and uh, just do rides like uh, we're doing today and let people experience 1928 aviation. So as a, as a pilot, I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world did you learn how to fly this thing? Well, it's from hanging around the airport from before you before you remember being uh, alive and uh, just always being around airplanes, old airplanes, and uh, of course it's a, a tailwheel airplane, and as we know, it's more of a challenge to fly. And uh, yep. so this this airplane here, we're talking, it has TAT on the side. Tell us a little history there. Is it? This airplane was part of the original transcontinental uh, airline airplane, you know, where you could go across the United States in 48 hours. You'd start over in New York and you'd, uh, you'd ride a train and you'd get on an airplane in Columbus, Ohio. And this physical airplane was part of that inaugural service. So it's very unique that we can even get in it and still go for a ride. And uh, then you'd fly all day and ride another train and fly another day. But you'd go across the country in 48 hours. And TAT, it became, I guess, merged with Transwestern, is that right? Yeah, it ultimately ended up being a T, uh, T, uh, TWA. And for those that uh, can try to relate it to today, TWA is now American Airlines. So, so this has quite the lineage, doesn't it? Yes, yes sir, it sure <laughs> does. Yeah. So if you want to go fly in this airplane, if there's somebody listening right now on the Internet, where can they find out about this aircraft or the other tri-motor and be able to fly this? If you go on uh, EAA.org, mm-hmm. uh, there's, uh, there'll be a whole schedule of both airplanes. Or if you just go uh, Ford tri-motor, search anything of that nature, and airplane ride, it'll show up with our schedule throughout the United States. Awesome. And uh, the proceeds from uh, the actual rides, where does that go to? That goes to the, uh, the Experimental Aircraft Association, the EAA, based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And that's part of the, uh, part of, you know, this, this is like the donation part. It's a nonprofit organization. So your, your physical money goes towards not only keeping these airplanes flying, but all the other programs that EAA sponsors, whether it be uh, aircraft uh, rebuilding or, or well, the big one, of course, is for the kids, the young eagles in the uh, aircraft rides we pro- provide to young kids to instigate them in uh, aviation. So the young eagles get to actually fly in this? Uh, they can. Uh, the Young Eagles program really is tailored towards uh, taking uh, kids and you give them a good walk around. You talk about aviation and the airplane, and then we take them for a ride and actually let them sit in the uh, cockpit and watch us fly the airplane. This one's not real conducive to that because they have to sit in the back, 
but uh, it's not quite as personal as the, the rallies that uh, happen throughout the United States for the young. And there again, if you go on the EAA's website, youngeagles.com, uh, it, it'll give all the details on the ride, where the rides are, and uh, take your, uh, your youngster out and, and go uh, uh, show them a little bit of aviation. Well, I'd love to see a little aviation in this thing. It's uh, City of Port Clinton. Tell us a little bit of the significance there. Well, you'll notice on the other side, it's the City of Wichita, which is the original. The airplane is based in Port Clinton, Ohio. That's such the uh, City of Port Clinton. That's where it came from. And it comes down here because it wants to be warm, right? Exactly. And uh, we, we, we all that come down here and fly it, we think that's a good idea because I live in northern Ohio. Yeah. Gosh, what a, what a beautiful plane. Uh, I, I'm sure you get this question all the time. I'm going to ask it. Sure. Corrugation. Why is it corrugated? Uh, it, it, that's part of the strength of the airplane. It just makes it stronger. Right. You know, there's only, I think I saw one other uh, corrugated aircraft that was maybe this size, a little bit bigger, and that's in the Smithsonian, yeah. and that was actually a German aircraft. That It was a bomber. Uh, it really does add to the strength, and, and what's interesting is, you know, you go to a lot of different countries countries you see houses built out of this and it's a testament to how strong it is but this has been flying for many many years again what year was this built 1928 1928 is still flying that still is amazing flying. so yeah, how do you keep it flying uh, a whole bunch of wonderful volunteers yeah. Yeah. and I can, I can imagine it takes a lot of work you have you know the radial engines which uh, you know I guess they they drip oil quite a bit so you have to run the pans on there I guess they drip oil but they mark their territory at the same time don't they exactly yes <laughs> yep and you'll notice these don't drip no, very much no yeah. very little yeah and that's what surprised me there isn't much dripping here but uh, also another thing that I noticed too is that people are getting in and out of this aircraft it really isn't that hard to get in and out of compared to even some of the smaller uh, you know like the regional aircraft that sure. you see sure yeah it's uh, anybody wants to come for a ride we're very accommodating and uh, if we can get you through the, if you have the interest to go we'll get you out and take you for a ride well we appreciate uh chapter 1240 of the eaa here in sebring for actually sponsoring you folks also again the website where they can find you is uh, eaa.org and you can look up the tri-motor, yep. but just do a search, yep. and you can find it. It's all over the website. It's a beautiful thing to look at. We're going to go uh, check out the inside of this. Is there anything else you want uh, the folks to know about the tri-motor or about EEAA possible? Well, the, the tri-motor, we can talk about it, but the ride is every person gets off with a big smile. Uh, we have all window seats. We have big windows, and the ride is just something you need to come out and experience. And I can't put it in words, and that's, I think, you'll find for most people to get off. I'm sure I, I'm going I'm to be breathless and, and wordless when I get off this airplane. One of the things uh, I guess we can maybe mention is the price. Does it vary by different location? No, they're all the same. Okay. Yep. And so if they want to go for a ride, about how much would it be? It's uh, $70 for the back, 125 okay. for the co-pilot seat when it's available. Awesome. Okay, 75 125 up front, that's cheaper than a flight lesson. Absolutely, and look at, you get to ride in a piece of history, and everybody else looks at it in the museum, and you get to go up in it. Yeah. You must be really proud to be a steward of, of such an amazing piece of history. Oh, absolutely. Every, every one of us, it's, uh, you know, we're volunteers. We all have, some of us are retired, I'm not. We have full-time jobs plus, so uh, it's truly our dedication to EAA and uh, aviation and to uh, promote it the best we can. Todd Mather at the EAA and the Troy Motor, we really appreciate you coming out here and, and keeping the dream alive and uh, <laughs> preserving this piece of history. And you, you really, truly are a steward of aviation and the history of aviation. Carl Valier with uh, Stuck Mike Gavcast here, 2018, uh, right here at Sebring. We'll be here all week. And if you want to listen to this, go to stuckmikeavcast.com. Also, we'll be live streaming liveatc.net slash SNF.
Well, folks, Carl Blair with Sun and Fun Radio here, and uh, I'm reporting for Stuck Mike Avcast. It is the Sebring 2018 U.S. Sport Aviation Expo, and you may have heard me talk to him before at Sun and Fun, and he's here at Tactical Hearing. It's Darren Johns, uh, their Executive Vice President of Sales. Tactical Hearing, as you know, uh, they protect our ears and also help us here, too. So tell us a little bit about Tactical Hearing and, uh, and what you do, and uh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here in Sebring, and always love uh, Sun and Fun interviews. Um, you know, we're... Our incentive was mostly on the protection side initially to save, maintain, keep someone's hearing in the same um, place, not diminishing in all these loud noise environments, thus aviation. We do come from a military, law enforcement, um, hunting, shooting, shoot mining, (laughs) gas and oil. We're in all these different loud noise, agriculture, uh, places where people lose hearing. Um, what we're finding is people aren't really coming and talking to us until it's a little bit down the road and you've got significant hearing loss. So we're checking hearing, we're programming according to people's hearing needs, but we're doing a custom fit device that seals the ear canal, getting upwards of shoot 30 to 34 decibels of noise reduction. Nobody can beat our hearing protection simultaneously allowing someone to hear. So we're at an, an air show, there's noise, there's us that fly small airplanes, lots of noise there. What, what are you doing for the, the pilot? How do you help the pilot? Well, the pilot, uh, we're hoping they haven't too much uh, frequency loss, but we are dealing with some profound frequency loss here. So we do have a lot of pilots out there that are saying repeat to the control uh, tower, um, not hearing the radio with it cranked all the way up. And depending on who you're flying with, you know, if someone wants it down lower, they're messing with their own volume. Then a female comes on and they really can't hear what the female's saying on the other end. And there's, uh, so we're helping them here, um, which is pretty important while you're flying, but you're also getting your hearing protected so it's not diminishing anymore while you're on the flight line. You're doing your pre-flight check, you're, you're taxiing, all these different things, and you get more noise reduction from what your headset's giving you. So I think a lot of people think, gosh, I don't want to have, wear hearing aids. And uh, they, these, these aren't, I wouldn't call them hearing aids. They they're enhance your hearing. They do enhance your hearing. Um, and that helps us keep the price down a little bit um, by being an enhancement device. Uh, you know, but we check hearing. We program according to whatever hearing needs you have. The difference between us and a hearing aid is we are going to protect your hearing that will not. So people aren't wearing their hearing aids in the, you know, in the cockpit um, where you absolutely want to be wearing these. So you'll protect, enhance the hearing. Um, as far as day-to-day usage, is there, there are other uses other than in my airplane out on, when I'm on the lawn? <laughs> Depending on where your hearing's at, it can be any number of things. Um, from just yeah, driving down the road to uh, sitting in a noisy restaurant and having the background noise reduced and helping you hear to just the TV volume coming down. Or you go to a, um, a, a noisy uh, ball game. Um, it's your hearing protection. Um, where do you want to communicate? Well, how much noise reduction do you want to get and protect your hearing? There's, there's all kinds of variables thus, and we fit into all of these. 
So a lot of folks, I'll admit I've done this, uh, when they're flying to protect their ears, they might put cotton balls in or even some of those squishy things that you put in there. Yeah, what, what makes it different from me putting the cotton ball in and what you're doing here? Uh, that's a good question. First of all, um, I don't even know the noise reduction you're getting out of a cotton cotton ball. If you're getting 10, that's probably good, but we're getting 31 to 34, so you're getting a tremendous more amount um, on top of uh, it, even earplugs. We get a little bit more noise reduction than a standard earplug, but an earplug, you're you're silencing your hearing you can't hear we you know our, our intent with the military was for to help them hear amidst a firefight so they can hear their buddy next to them hear commands hear the perp uh, military law enforcement guys love us for what we're doing on the enhancement and the protection side because you're always in a hearing mode you're always in a protection mode and it's in our circuitry how about the individuals, and I see them out working on the ramp in front of airplanes, et cetera. How do you help that person? I, I think it's a similar to what you're talking about, right? Because I'm out on the ramp walking around, someone say, hey, Carl, uh, you know, I won't hear them because I'm all plugged up with the hearing protection. Yeah, you'll be able to hear them in that. So in, in a lot of industrial working loud noise environments like being out on the ramp um, some people you actually can become a hazard by just putting a plug in because now you can't hear where we're accomplishing both you yeah that noise is it's compression circuit technology we're bringing those that noise down but you're always be able to hear you'll you'll be able to communicate and talk and tell you it's it's interesting because I, I have a tough time wrapping my head around that because i always think i'm putting something in my ear it's going to reduce the noise it's not going to help me here so how, how do you do that it's, it's electronics obviously it's electronics and you just hit my number one hurdle to in explaining this until you put these in your ears you really and 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 sense what's what we're doing with our technology but it's uh in a sense you've got an equalizer amplifier with a compression circuit we built this hybrid circuit and the compressions on the noise reduction and it's an awesome outcome for your everyday hearing to noise related to quiet related to I, I, the list goes on and on and on so it's this little device how does it all get in there it's all custom fit um, sometimes it's like putting a you know square peg in a round hole trying to fit depending on the someone's ear canal but we take an impression of the ear we're checking that's what we need is is an audio check and an impression of the ear and we can build these okay I'm glad you brought that up so at all the shows I've seen you at there's uh, you are checking people's hearing but you're also in enabling them to move forward with the devices how do you do that yeah, so I have an audiogram, uh, that an audiometer that I, I have in my booth, and I prefer checking people in more of a real-life, uh, not real noisy, but you know, some background noise settings. Um, we get a better outcome, a better program. I have uh, my tools here. It almost looks like a caulk gun to take an impression of the ear, and, and those are the two things that we need to... And that'll help me point a, a person in a direction as to what circuitry I would suggest for them. So one complaint that I hear a lot of people talk about with in-the-ear in noise reduction is for those folks with a lot of earwax, uh, what type of preventative measures can you have with this type of device with someone who has a lot of earwax? You know, um, the biggest preventative measure for that is 
clean them. You know, if you wear glasses, you're going to wipe soot and dirt and whatever happens, sweat off your glasses. When you pull these out of your ears, it's with a little alcohol and a brush. It's very simple to clean them. That's our number one thing. But we do have protect, protective measures we take within the device that it doesn't damage the circuitry. Speaking with Darren Johns over here at Tactical Hearing, where can they find you on the Internet if they're listening right now? Tacticalhearing.com. Well, that's pretty easy. Tacticalhearing.com. I can figure that out. So if you're a hunter, which a lot of people are, if you're a shooter, got a lot of people that are in aviation that love to go shooting. If you're into cars, into racing, whatever it is, you're in loud environments, Tactical Hearing is a great place to go to figure out what protection you need, what enhancement you need, and also find out what's going to fit best for you. And you can do that right here. Amen. <laughs> I said it for you. Uh, and are there any specials you have, show specials, et cetera? And also, uh, we didn't even talk about price, about what, what range are we looking at for? You know, I'm typically starting off at about $1,500 a pair. Um, that unit's $100 off at the show. Um, and I've got stuff that goes upwards of about 4000 a pair that I'm typically uh, two dollars to $300 off at the show. Um, I do give, give some, if you're a vet, um, I like to take care of our vets the best we have. I have some other discounts and things we give to people, but that's kind of 1500 between that and 4000 I've got five or six different units within that price range. Terrific. Well, your hearing is priceless. You know, believe me, as you start getting older, you start losing. And uh, I've started doing that. Uh, my wife tells me there's selective hearing going on. She might be right about that, but in general, it's starting to diminish. <laughs> well, Darren, this has been great uh, talking to you again. Again, tacticalhearing.com. And uh, if you, anybody has questions, they can obviously find you, I'm assuming, on the website? Yes. Um, just tacticalhearing.com. Uh, shoot us an email. You can hit me directly at sales at tacticalhearing.com um, or call my number. It's 801-381-3838. Awesome. Love hearing from you, Darren. We'll see you at Sun and Fun this year and other shows. Uh, it's always terrific talking to you, and you're doing something good for our pilots, for our veterans, and for everybody that has hearing issues. And you're catching it before they have one. I think that's really important, too, the protection. As a matter of fact, once we finish this interview, I think I'm going to get my hearing checked. Hope you don't mind. Uh, that'll be great. I got a little bit of time. <laughs> well, folks, this is Carl Valeri, Sun and Fun Radio, reporting for Stuck Mike Avcast here at Sebring 2018. Sebring Florida was cold this morning, now nice and warm. Hopefully you'll be able to come by and, and check out the show this year, next year, or listen to us on the Internet. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast, day one. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page, that's Stuck Mike Avcast, facebook.com slash Stuck Mike Avcast, and see more show news and photos. Additionally, Victoria Newville, our social media manager and co-host of the podcast, is doing some really cool things with pictures and posting them to Instagram. So we do have an Instagram page, instagram.com slash stuckmikeavcast. Also, don't forget to visit our sponsor, aviationcareerspodcast.com. Career coaching, scholarships for all ages, and inspiring you to reach your aviation career goal through a free podcast. Visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow for day two. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. 
Members of the Stock Mike Avcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.